This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Climbers, are you using the most effective strategy on Spotify? Today, we're going to deep down on one of the most common Spotify artist strategies that is a mistake, as well as putting a couple Spotify metrics under a microscope to give you a better understanding of what your analytics mean and how to interpret them. Rock on. Welcome to the camp. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you Create leverage in the music business. You got to do it yourself. You got to show them that you're a monster in the waiting, not a diamond in the rough. And when they see that, because they can see a track record, you've got streams, you've got followers, you've got social media engagement, you've got ticket sales, you've got merch sales, then I promise you, they're going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to want to take you home, okay? <laughs> and that's what you want. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B. Creating leverage in the music business. How do we do that, Johnny? Listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's going to help. I promise. All right? That's a Baxter name from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in Southern Gospel in the last couple years. Got a couple on the charts right now. Had a top 10 Australian in the last couple years. Top 20 in Texas. I mean, dude, like you're just making miracles happen. It's making it rain over there. <laughs> what he preaches. But uh, you know what's most important is that he helps songwriters like you create leverage no he helps songwriters like you turn pro <laughs> really how you write like i guess pro do business like a pro and then ultimately he gives you regular opportunities to connect with the pros and become you know get on the radar screen get i, I don't like the word discovered but get leverage get leverage that was there we go but you weren't wrong i just put it in the wrong place <laughs> well listen i mean you know what it's all about relationships and once you're ready once you've got the machine working the next thing is you've got to get on on the right radar screens and you get a regular opportunity that with brent you can find him super easy at songwritingpro.com 
And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. It's complicated, but Johnny thankfully is smart, as he's about to reveal. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at Daredevil Production. Com. That is production singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Dude, I'm stoked about the takeover. I am too. It's coming up quickly, October 23rd. So by the time this drops on the 10th, it is like two weeks away, just under two weeks away. We got some good folks lined up. It's going to be exciting. Looking to land those last couple spots, which we ought to close in on this week, which we got to talk about off the air. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And I mean, let's let, okay, let's just talk about. Some of the star power we got coming. Mm-hmm. We've got Bear Baber, right? Yes, Cody Johnson cuts and just a singing fool. Yeah, I mean, he was a okay. finalist on, was it season nine of NBC's The Voice? The Voice, right? yeah. And yeah, a couple like big cuts mm-hmm. on Cody Johnson. And, you know, he's in all the right rooms. He's doing all the right things. Got some yeah. amazing songs. Right for Seagull music. Mm-hmm. We've got Marla Cannon Goodman. Mercy. I mean, Marla, um, let me just say those three words again. Marla Cannon Goodman, y'all. That's right. So 10 rounds with Jose Cuervo, cleaning this gun uh, for Rodney Atkins. Uh, I don't remember what all she got. She's got a bunch, though. She's a monster songwriter. She's coming. Yeah. She's coming. Mm -hmm. She's been on the show. She's going to be there. We got David Brainerd. I mean, award-winning producer Mm -hmm. and all these people are amazing humans, but you know, Dave's a close friend of mine. And I mean, th- this is the cat that produced lover lover for Jared Neiman. He nice. produced, um, Brandy, Brandy Clark's record. Yeah, man. Grammy, yeah. For Brandy Clark's 12 stories album. If you like music <laughs> and we assume you do, we assume you do. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard that record front to back. Go, go and do, do it. That is an incredible record. Mm-hmm. They got a Grammy, I believe, for Hold My Hand, which is mm. an amazing song. So that's good. the song. That, listen, that was a song. I mean, I, I owe Dave Brainerd 10% of my love life. Like, I don't know if he's going to take it off. The <laughs> but that was the song that, that hooked Janelle. You know what I mean? I sent her that. That is like the, so the x-ray look inside a woman's brain and how she how women think yeah right in a situation where she's with her man and they happen to casually run into an ex of that man yeah and what all the math that goes on and it's like oh, I mean, it's, so good yeah it's confused i was just like wow i never saw this chapter i don't yeah i learned in therapy in my 30s that like, I just put it this way. After my, my first therapy session, my guy was like, Johnny, I'm going to bet that you don't have any sisters. Or if you do, they're younger than you and by at least four years. And I was like, oh, how did you know that? Do you have a crystal ball? Like, what the hell? He's like, you don't know crap about women, dude. Like, I, I do have two sisters. They're amazing. And the, my closest one is four years younger. The next one's seven years younger. Oh, that's true. So it weren't in my social circles. I saw nothing. I don't, like, I am clueless. That, so this song was like, oh, like, uh, uh, an X-ray, a, a secret code deconstructed and, and, and translated for me. Like, oh my mm-hmm. god! But you got, yeah, that record is amazing. We've got who else? We got like 
Well, Scott Sean White oh, is one of the gosh. next one that pops into mind. So great human being, great songwriter. Also, Cody Johnson, world man, just good stuff. Also, a lot of these people are singer songwriters in their own right and putting out their own stuff that you need to check out because they're just really, really freaking good. So up and coming climbers. That's right. Like Sunday Joe Graham, Bill O'Hanlon. Yeah. It's Chelsea. Yeah. So we just got Chelsea Stallings. Yep. OG climber. And, OG uh, climber. So, I mean, so hey, here's the point, guys. This is a Monday night. I get it. It's worth the drive. It's worth the trip into Nashville mm-hmm. to come in and be in a beehive for four hours of the people that, sh- you know, relationships to be made with other climbers mm-hmm. that are awesome and doing what they need to be doing. Hit songwriters, other industry people. Hang out with Brent and I. Take a second to say hi to us. We're not saying we're the address. Please do. But you know what I mean? Like, this is worth the effort. This is worth the one night. It's about the relationships. Make the drive in, fly in, stay on a friend's couch, do the pro couch tour, mm-hmm. and make it happen. Okay? We want to see That's that. That's right. October 23rd at Live Oak in Nashville from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. There's a band before that. We have nothing to do with them, but I'm sure they'll be great. If you want to get there early, I'm going to try and get there early so I can shake hands. You know, what? Kiss hands and shake babies. I like it. Yeah, that's right. So let's get right yeah. to the wins. We're running late. Yes. Let's get right to the wins. All right. So every Wednesday, we post a new height segment in the climb community, which you should join if you have not yet. And this is where the party is. And so everyone knows to uh, where to go. So let's see here. Climber Michael Parker said, first time back to Nashville in 20 years. Touchdown in four hours. Lots of appointments, rights, and rounds. If anyone in town wants to meet up, I am me. And uh, so, Michael, it's, well, he's back out of town by the time you hear this but michael i hope you had a great trip to nashville a lot of nashville trips going on sunday joe graham at this time said headed to write about jesus in nashville it's a it's a long-standing like gospel southern gospel conference that sue smith heads up she is a man multi multi number one hit songwriter in that world so sunday joe's going to that looking forward to learning and building relationships have two songs under consideration with major artists written with carrie latham brad hacker and Kristen bud i'm not sure if it's bud or buddy sorry Kristen um got a master track back from my next release where in the world releasing october 20th just in time for the climb takeover at live oak look at that yes so synergy so congrats michael and sunday joe and all you climbers more than we have time to read all these but y'all congrats and keep on climbing nice all right well let's get into this we got a lot to cover guys Um, make sure you tell a friend about this podcast okay make sure you tell a friend about this podcast we're doing this to help indie artists indie musicians songwriters we want you to have the good information, the good stuff, That's right. the kind of information, not the BS, mm-hmm. right? And um, listen, we're doing this for you. So it's spread the love. That's what I love about the music industry. It's all peace, love, and grooviness. We support each other. Spread the love. Tell some people about it. All right. So Spotify, Spotify. a lot of different strategies. A lot of, you know, I see so much information in articles and stuff that I believe to be inaccurate because I'm a bit of a, a geek tech geek too. And, but mm-hmm. I also have a foot firmly in the music industry. You know, I was an artist, I toured. So I can see stuff that sometimes the industry can't see because I just, that part of my brain works like that. Mm-hmm. And the industry people you have to remember is, 
even though this information might be coming from people that you love and respect and that deserve your respect in the industry, it doesn't mean they know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to digital platforms. I mean, there was a time maybe 10 years ago when everybody was excited about how many Twitter followers you had, you know, and you could get a deal if you had a boatload of Twitter followers. But I tell you, like I was able to create Twitter followers like nobody's business right and nobody's looking at engagement they were just intoxicated with the number and then guess what we all got smart right and they're like hold on yeah are these bots or are they real people are they real people that actually care and are engaging Mm -hmm. or no and then just as recently as a couple years ago there's a bunch of signings with artists that blew up on tiktok and to date i don't think any of them have you know, made the money back, right? Like they're, Mm -hmm. again, all intoxicated with the activity and stuff. So I'm telling you that the industry gets it wrong a lot. Okay. And it's up to you to be smarter than them. You know, Steve Jobs, one of my favorite quotes from Steve Jobs, the the founder of Apple was, he's like, you know, when you, when you wake up one morning and you finally have the epiphany, the realization that your reality, your world, the reality that's around you is created and it's created by a bunch of people that aren't any smarter than you. It becomes mm-hmm. very freeing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, not, I'm talking about a very real sense, not a spiritual sense. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. your creator, I'm talking about your God, but I'm talking about like the traffic laws and the, and the rules and the, all the crap that all the people yeah. are, are pulling the levers tell you you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. So here's... Um, Here's one of the things that I just see a lot of press on about and a lot of artists worrying about follows. They want follows. They're concerned about follows on their Spotify. You know, should you be optimizing for follows? Mm-hmm. And the resounding answer is no. Hmm. This is a mistake. Okay. The idea of optimizing for followers as opposed to other strategies like monthly listeners. Mm-hmm seems this seems to be the opposite of what everybody's thinking and saying out there right now your followers are tied to spotify's release radar playlist so it seems like a good idea that's what i think people who are savvy understand that no go lie down sorry that's bravo being a pain right now (laughs) it's that playlist that they want to get on the the problem and you know here's the problem with release radar right it's like new love Okay, it's exciting, it's full of hope and passion, and it scratches a brand new itch. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you look closer, it quickly turns into the ugly, drunken, good-for-nothing, child-support-skipping, toxic X. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because when you compare the release radar playlist, Spotify's release radar playlist to like Discover Weekly and radio playlists, mm-hmm. it's the weakest algorithmic playlist on Spotify. And you're going to find a ton of media praising release radar. Everybody seems to love it, but it's all hat and no cattle. So I'm going to prove it now. I think mm-hmm. about this from the lens of a Spotify user, and then I'm going to switch over to you as the artist, okay? But as a user, what do you get when you follow an artist on Spotify? Have you ever thought about that, Brent? No. I have not. Plumbers, have you ever thought about that? Like, what do you get for a follow, right? Mm-hmm. What's your fans? You know, that's from a consumer aspect. Now put on the artist hat again. You know, what's your mm-hmm. fans reason? What's their motivation for following you? The, all they get is to see your future releases on radar. Oh, just on radar? That's it. On release radar. Mm. And 
you're going to have a ton of competition with releases on release radar, mm -hmm. right? Usually 50 to 100 in the playlist. Mm -hmm. And FYI, the release radar playlist works in elimination round format. So the competition is significant. It decreases the odds of your song getting on the playlist. And that's what you get for a follow. Hmm. So, and I know this from, I mean, the countless campaigns that we've run for artists over the years, the ratio of how many streams you get to a save and the ratio of how many streams you get to a follow is ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. Like a good song, a song that performs well, the save ratio is, is less than 1%. It's like 08 to 1%. Mm -hmm. So meaning you get 100,000 streams, you're looking at 800 saves to 1,000 saves, meaning somebody saved the song, right? Hmm. Yeah. Follows on that, less than that, man. It's like 0.25%, right, to 0.1%. You might get 50 to 100 followers, maybe 200 followers on, per 100,000 streams if it's really rocking, okay? Mm -hmm. So... I don't want you to focus on trying to get followers. And also I don't want you to carry any weight because you don't have enough. Okay. It'll happen in time, but it's like, it's not worth chasing. Okay. Okay. It's not worth focus on good music, focus on getting more streams, focus on promotion of the music and promotion of your artist brand. And that'll come, but you're not going to live or die by the followers. And there's no, benefit to it okay hmm. at the end of the day even though some industry people might tell you differently and that may be a metric that some important people are looking at right now mm -hmm. but so is the twitter followers back 10 years ago without any engagement right yeah and then they figured that out so this is your chance to be smarter than than them more importantly than that on, on release radar only three to five percent of your followers on your artist profile will discover your new release through the release radar playlist. Yeah. I've never been on it until just now when we're talking about it. I'm like, what is release radar? Let me look it up while we're talking about it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, so this I was like, what is that? Is that a thing? Certainly more artist centric. And for you songwriters out there that are in songwriting pro and all mm -hmm. that, man, if you're working with artists, make sure they know this information, pass this on. Yeah. So what are we looking at? We're looking at however many followers you have, Hey, you have a ton of competition to even get on the release radar playlist. Okay. Mm -hmm. The only thing that a follower gets is the ability to discover your new music on a release radar playlist. And with a ton of competition, the odds of you even getting on the playlist, not good, especially when you're starting out and trying to build the brand. Mm -hmm. And then when you do, when you win and you get in the release player, release radar, only three to 5% of your followers are going to discover it three to three percent yeah three percent three percent does that number sound familiar brent it's uh, it sounds like organic reach hey hmm. how about that right how about mm -hmm. that what's spotify trying to push here i'm not saying they're bad people but they push this marquee thing where they're trying to get people to spend money to reach more like in the way that i preach like facebook ads right mm -hmm where you can reach everybody. Spotify does not work that way yet. 
Mm -hmm. Maybe they will, but they don't now. And we've done them and the juice just isn't worth the squeeze spending money on Spotify ads. Mm -hmm. So again, followers kind of don't matter. And if you were an artist that could get like 10% of your follows, followers discovering your release through Release Radar, you'd be crushing it, right? You'd be like number one. Yeah. So incredibly low conversion rates. The juice is clearly not worth the squeeze. And it brings me to this point that once again, Spotify in particular, but all streaming services are distributors. Mm -hmm. Don't confuse them with marketing and promotion. That's right. Right. Distribution is where you go to consume something. And marketing is why you're going to that distributor. Yeah. Okay. It's why you're going and marketing is the marketing and promotion is why people will put a Harley Davidson tattoo on their body, even though they don't own one. <laughs> yeah. That's marketing and promotion. It's not about where they're sold, right? Mm -hmm. It's a connection to the brand is marketing from promotion. And once you've handled that, believe me, especially on digital, and we've talked about this before, they're going to find you. Oh, you know, they're going to find you even when they're not supposed to. Go ahead. How about this? So distribution makes your song available. Yep. Marketing makes your song desirable. Yeah. And that's right. And so this isn't a bash on Spotify. Okay. This, you can make money on Spotify, mm -hmm. but understand the difference here, right? Let's talk about discoverability on Spotify. It sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, this is not just for you, the indie artist. This is a problem that is largely going unchecked in the entire music industry right now mm -hmm. to the point where I'm reading stuff in media where they're saying the content is more important than the creator now, hmm. which straight up pisses me off. Like I'm about artists. I'm about albums. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I like growing yeah. up. So the saying that content is more important than the creator is kind of saying it's a, it's a singles market. It's not about building a legacy and people going, I want the new Bruce Springsteen record because it's a new Bruce Springsteen record. I'm with the new, I don't know, Eric Church record because it's a new Eric Church record. It's going, oh, I like this song. I like that song. Who does it? I don't know. Yeah, it's just part of a playlist. And that's yeah. the deal. So like, even, listen, the labels are having problems with this too, y'all. Like they're not, people aren't connecting with the artists anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's because the artists aren't being branded. What are the labels chasing? Because they can pull the levers on this. And as it should be, this isn't a judgment, but they're chasing streams because they're making money mm -hmm. on streams. So they're not particularly incentivized mm -hmm. to blow up an artist's brand. They just want the traffic. Yeah. And that's the problem. So, and that's not good for the music industry and that's not good for artists, right? It's kind of short-term thinking versus long-term. Yeah. Short-term, get streams now. Long-term is building the brand to have a Taylor Swift who can re-release the old stuff and it's going to blow up all over again. This is the brand. That's a brand. That's a good point. That's a brand right there. I could put out a record and then re-release it 10 years from now and no one's going to care either way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's not a brand. So understand Spotify for what it is. Spotify is important, okay? It's very mm -hmm. important. It's important that you're a student of the game. It's important that you work it right. And it's important that you know what Spotify is good for, right? So I'm going to give you a couple examples of this, okay? A Ferrari is 
awesome vehicle, right? It's really great at taking 90 degree turns at 80 miles an hour and staying on the road. Okay. Mm -hmm. An SUV is really good at hauling kids around, right? Like if you got kids and you're going to soccer team you can pop them all in the suv it looks cool you can fit a bunch of stuff in the back but if you confuse what the two do you you're gonna flip die. over <laughs> all right you're gonna die you can't have a soccer team and a bunch of kids with the ferrari that's gonna be a problem i mean it sounds so stupidly simple but you know what are you gonna be doing taking the bus yeah. down to the thing because i can't fit the kids in the car and i'm not getting rid of my ferrari right well that's a poor choice you're not understanding what it's for and if you try to take corners at 90 miles an hour in an suv you're gonna be dead yeah right and so you have to know like where everything is when you're looking at metrics and you're trying to uh, formulate an effective marketing and promotion strategy for your brand, you got to know what matters and why it matters so that, first of all, you have correct expectations, right? Mm-hmm. If you're expecting after you get 10 million streams on Spotify that you're more popular than you were before the 10 million streams, you're sorely mistaken. Mm-hmm. But you made some money. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And so I think about. I think about this, like, you know, we go to our favorite restaurants, right? Because you love the food. Mm -hmm. Okay. And our experience is, man, we love the food. I want to go here. It's amazing. It's a great experience. The staff is good. The food is great. I love the chef, blah, blah, blah. But on the business side of that, you know what restaurants don't make money on? Food. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if they're going to stay in business, then they're making their margins on the drinks. Yeah. And there's this great old movie from, uh, guy from the 60s with James Garner in it. It's called Wheeler Dealers. Hmm. And I love this restaurant. Like he's like a hustler, like a Wheeler Dealer guy. And and he's trying to impress this girl. And this is like her favorite restaurant. And she goes in there and they're having a hard time getting a seat. And he, he doesn't like it. He's a big like oil baron guy, right? So he, he's yeah. in, in his mind, he's going to buy the restaurant. <laughs> but of course, when he's about buying it, he's also thinking about what they're doing wrong, right? And he's like, okay, yeah. well, it's really Everybody here likes to get pushed around while they're waiting for a table and everybody's perfectly happy waiting for a table and we make more money on the drinks. So let's make the bar twice as big, put less tables in there. We'll push them around a little more, sell more drinks. And, you know, Bob's your uncle. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, he brings it back the next time. And, and of course, the mater D who is wasn't giving him any love before is now, you know, kissing his ass. And, and she's like, what's going on? He just bought the restaurant. Oh, that's funny. But he changed it all around. He's making more money. He gets the business of it. Right. So know mm-hmm. what you're dealing with here so spotify is a good thing you can make money on spotify you won't get discovered and you won't break on spotify there is a difference so this is why we know people again 10 20 30 40 50 million streams or more and they can't sell out my office you know there mm-hmm. are artists with billions of streams that can walk down the street without being recognized well heck eric church just you know was making a social media stuff because he said basically artists there are several artists out there with number ones on radio who can't sell out bars yeah whatever well and, and there you go that used to not be the case right and but now it is why, who heard the damn spins right yeah you know a number one on radio means you got the most spins that week god bless who heard it like how many people were listening i don't know it's it's mm-hmm. it's less and less so don't confuse that with breaking your brand because it's not. So let's go back to marketing promotion 101, reach and frequency, reach and frequency. These are the fundamentals. This is your North Star. When you're making decisions on your strategies for promotion and marketing, start here, reach and frequency. Am I getting reach? Am I getting frequency? How much frequency am I getting? Mm-hmm. 
So when you look through that lens of reach and frequency, certainly on Spotify, we're going to reach hundreds of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Right? Yep, potentially. But it's there, right? Yeah. And the frequency, though, the repetition required to break your artist brand does not exist in a Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about regular, you know, like medium rotation, 40 spins a week, heavy rotation on terrestrial radio, 70 spins a week during peak listening hours, y'all. That's about once every 60 to 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when that was happening, that's repetition. And when that was happening with a captive audience after months of that repetition in a good song, you got a brand. Mm-hmm. You got market penetration, right? But some Spotify playlists, 100, 150 songs. Yeah. How much repetition are you getting, right? So if you look at your Spotify for Artists app, you'll see is a tab that says the streams to listener metric, right? Are you guys aware of what that is? That is the average of how many times a consumer has listened to your song. So this metric is calculated by taking the total number of streams in a 28-day period and dividing that by the amount of unique listeners, okay? What's a unique listener? More on that in a second, okay? Okay. Let's just talk about the gauge Spotify uses for the streams versus listener metric. So it's low, you're ranking low on the streams versus listener metric at 1.0 to 1.5 listens per consumer. Mm-hmm. You're normal at 1.5 to 2.5 listens per consumer. You're above average at 2.5 to 3.5 listens per consumer. And you're excellent at 3.5 plus. So Brent, what do we know about these numbers in relation to exposing fans to new music? It's not very much. I mean, if you're talking about drive time radio, 70 spins a week or whatever, that's way more. Of course, you know, not all the same people are on the, in the car at the same time on drive time, listen to the same station, but that's a way more frequency repetition than like, oh yeah, on average, they heard it twice in a month. Yeah. There's just not much repetition there to drive that in going you're doing well like normal if your average listener hears your song twice in a month in 28 days yeah you're rocking it if they hear it four times in 28 that's one time a week is what that average is now how many times does it take to you know how many radio spins does it take to get to subconscious recognition what is that number seven how do we get to seven Seven, seven, seven spins is how many spins it takes before they stop ignoring you, mm-hmm. before their brain begins to let the information in and they begin to pay attention. That's not seven spins to get to a fan. That's not seven spins to make that song memorable for that person. It just means they've stopped their brain has stopped filtering it out. And here on these metrics, on the streams to listener metric on Spotify, 3.5 is amazing plus. Mm-hmm. That's half of seven. So do you see the branding disconnect here with, this, with, with these numbers, right? Now, is it possibly a little bit different? Are we still considering like radio is they push, right? You don't get to choose what's on radio you're dictated to. And therefore you may kind of pay attention or not. Spotify, depending, I mean, they do a lot of 
queuing it up for you, but is that a spin there maybe worth more because you can no, it's be on I, demand I or what's your thoughts on that? I think it's worth less. And that's, I, I think what we're talking about here is like discoverability, right? Okay. Like reaching new people. Like let's say. So this is that, for people that aren't like already following you. It's just like your song just comes across their earbuds. This, this is everybody. It's everybody. This is everybody. Right. But these are good questions. Put this in the context of terrestrial radio in any given market, right? If it's in heavy rotation, then certainly the fans that that artist already has in that market are hearing it and they're hearing it a lot, right? Mm -hmm. That's important. Yeah. It's reminding them that there's new music out. It's getting them excited about the new music so that they're going to be, you know, continually that artist is top of mind. That music is meaning something in their lives etc etc mm -hmm. and then that repetition in that market is also chipping away at the stone and turning new people on to the artist mm -hmm. so when you're talking about discoverability when you're talking about trying to find new fans i mean if you have a song that you drop on spotify and it goes viral man like it goes crazy like you get on all the right playlists on spotify and you get 10, 20, 30 million streams. God bless you. Mm -hmm. These numbers are going to be two and a half to three and a half, 3.5. So how many of those people are going to be aware, remember, or care about your next song? Mm -hmm. Is there momentum there? It's not like it would be with radio. It's not like when you have a smash hit on your first single and then the next single is like anticipated by the market, mm -hmm. by a much larger group of people, right? That are have been turned on to the artist now and have become fans. And it just keeps growing and growing. It doesn't necessarily work like that on Spotify alone, right? You need other things to make that happen. And that's the point that I'm making. So when you're on those playlists, you get those streams, you're making money. That's awesome. But you haven't helped your brand yet, mm -hmm. okay? So there's more work to do. So seven streams per consumer is where you begin to make a difference and that song begins to matter to them, right? Like the kind of matter that 15 years from now, they hear that song and they remember mm -hmm. a song, right? And what happened? Because that song was always on the radio or that's what everybody was doing. Yeah. Like people don't have that same attachment to these songs in a world where they're saying content is more important than the creator because then even the creator has to continually put out content and nobody's hearing those songs enough. But these are things I believe that can change, right? In if they're marketed differently. So Spotify, not radio. And for all intents and purposes, the repetition, the frequency part of reach and frequency doesn't exist. So it's not a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. It's not a discovery tool. Are you exposed to a whole bunch of new people when you get up on the right editorial playlist and you get 20 million streams? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do they know? Are you exposed enough to make a difference where they're going to care about the next song and know who you are? Absolutely not. Hmm. Right? So it's a money-making machine. And look at it like that. It's distributorship. Look at it like that. It's distributorship with a bonus because you know what? You get on the right wave and all of a sudden you can be distributed a lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are going to consume it, which gets you paid. But it's a distribution wave. It's not a marketing wave, right? So finally, let's talk about Monthly streams and monthly listeners. Let's just kind of break that down a little bit. 
Yeah. Many artists get monthly listeners and monthly streams confused. What are monthly listeners? Monthly listeners are unique listeners who play your music during a period of 28 days, right? Okay. So if your song has a thousand listeners, it means that a thousand people have listened to that song for a certain period of time on Spotify within that 28 day period. These statistics, uh, fun fact, are updated daily and appear on both the Spotify artist profile and directly on the timeline graph in the Spotify audience section in your Spotify for Artists app. So keeping track of trends based on the schedule of your monthly listeners can give you a good idea how your music will, and it's going to help you understand the overall engagement and behavior of the listener after a new music release. Okay, so that's good metrics to know. To know more about immediate changes with a higher level of detail, you need to really look at the number of daily listeners and monthly listeners. So how, how does Spotify calculate monthly listeners? The monthly number of active Spotify users is one of the most important measures used by the music industry to assess the attractiveness of an artist and the size of that artist's fan base. Okay. But the question is, how does Spotify calculate the monthly listeners? Monthly listeners are calculated on a continuous 28-day window. There's that number again. Mm -hmm. And they do this to keep it even, right? To make sure that you're looking at the same data. So because as opposed to monthly, when they break it down to 28 days, which is exactly four weeks, mm -hmm. it's the same number of days. And it can, it can vary in a calendar month, but it's the same number of days, the same amount of Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, etc. Makes sense. Okay. It's different, different than a monthly where some months have 28 days, some months have 31, some have 30. Mm -hmm. and, it, it, and so you're not really looking at the numbers can skew a little bit. So this keeps everything clean, right? Gotcha. So I like that about Spotify with the, you know, it's from a, a nerd standpoint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, this also, by the way, gives you more clear metrics on the consumption habits of people every day of the week, right? Mm -hmm. Like what happens on a Monday versus a Tuesday versus a Wednesday kind of a thing. Okay. So the user plays an artist's music more than once in a 28 day period. They're only counted once as a Spotify monthly listener. Gotcha. Okay. So these are like kind of unique users or un unique listeners. Right. This is how many people listen to your song a certain amount of time that month. Mm -hmm. So multiple spins don't count. It's not streams. It's monthly listeners. Okay. Gotcha. And Spotify listeners and play statistics are updated. Fun fact here. Every 24 hours at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So write that down. So what are Spotify streams? Because right now, as a songwriter, Brent, I'm pr pretty sure you're like, well, how the hell are they calculating? Hold on a second. Like, <laughs> yeah. What am I getting paid on? Exactly. Yeah. You're getting paid on Spotify streams. Okay. Okay. So for those of you who are quietly freaking out, wondering if the monthly listener metric is how you're getting paid, it's not. Spotify streams are counted when your music is streamed by listeners for more than 30 seconds. So if your music is streamed offline, it will be counted on the day the listener comes online again, at least every 30 days. The total number of streams includes only those songs where you are recognized as the main artist or the remixer. Thus, the artist should focus on how to increase Spotify plays in order to generate royalties. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a total number of streams. Yeah. The difference between Spotify streams and, monthly, and Spotify monthly listeners. This is what will wrap it up for today. 
Spotify streams is how many times your track is played, whereas Spotify listeners are how many different persons are playing your music. Gotcha. I'm going to say that again. Spotify streams is how many times your track is played, whereas Spotify listeners are how many different persons are playing your music, no matter how much they're playing it. Mm -hmm. So Spotify streams are great as they increase the statistics. They generate royalties for you, right? Which is good. Yeah. Whereas the amount of Spotify listeners helps to measure the artist's popularity. And it varies, right? You get on the right playlist, you get more popular. Even that metric is sort of, it doesn't mean, it means the song is popular because it's getting streams. It doesn't mean the artist is popular though. Right, yeah. If your Spotify listeners remain the same, but your Spotify streams increase, it means that the same groups of people are streaming your music again and again. Mm -hmm. Okay? The amount of Spotify streams is always accumulative, where the amount of Spotify listeners oscillates. Gotcha. Okay? So you can get on a playlist and have 200,000 streams. And while you're on that playlist, your Spotify listeners will shoot up to 50, 60, 70, 80,000, 90,000, mm -hmm. 100,000 monthly listeners. And then when you're off that playlist, you keep the streams, Yes, right? Stays 200,000 on your Spotify, mm -hmm. but your monthly listeners can go back down to zero. Yeah. If you don't have something new coming behind it. So the best thing that you want to see is sort of a steady increase in Spotify streams and Spotify listeners together. This means your audience is increasing and they're listening to your music. They're sticking around. Yeah, they're sticking around. And I wanted to just clarify some of that stuff a little bit. You know, don't worry about the followers. You got questions. Yes, I have questions. So as a songwriter and, you know, one thing I do is I'm looking for, you know, it's the talent scouting you know, it's a talent scouting. Either somebody's like, hey, you want to write with this artist, or I'm just looking for artists to write with, or somebody's like, hey, you want to write? And I'm checking them out. So one of the first places I go if they're an artist is to go to Spotify because you have numbers there, as opposed to like Amazon Music or whatever you can't really see. Good question that you're teeing up. Yeah, go on. So I'm going there going, okay, here's this artist X and pondering writing with her. What numbers should I give the most listen to? And my goal is one, yes, streams. Like, let's go ahead and make some pocket money right now. A little bit of fractions of pocket change. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I'm thinking long term here because like, okay, who is on a trajectory? Who might become somebody if they're kind of a nobody right now? It's a no brainer if it's Kane Brown. Yes, I want to write with him. He has all the stuff, right? But if it's a new artist that is kind of under the radar, independent, what numbers should I look at going, oh, okay, let's look at this. This might be a whole episode, actually. <laughs> so it might be. I, actually, it's a good, and maybe like one of yours where we can talk about it together. But from the and I will just pepper you with questions. Yeah, maybe we'll table that, but maybe an elevator pitch but version well, of this. I'll answer directly, and we can expand yeah. on it more, like in that. And maybe we'll take some questions from the climbers and see, like, what questions mm -hmm. would you want to ask? But I would look at obviously you want to look at streams, but mm -hmm. how about the distribution of streams, like? Do they have, if it's somebody that's up and coming, do they have like a million streams, but it's like on one song? One song and, and all their other songs have like 500. Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, they got on the right playlist, but they don't have that. The other thing would be monthly listeners. Like how many monthly listeners do they have? So that always ebbs and flows. Like with the release, mm -hmm. you're going to, even for major label artists, right? With a the release, they're going to get put on an editorial playlist and, 
that number is going to go up while they're on the editorial playlist and then it's going to come down, but there's like a floor on it Mm -hmm. because if the artist has a fan base, then people are regularly listening to their music. Mm -hmm. The monthly listeners is going to be a regular amount of monthly listeners, you know, because it's possible, especially in the beginning to go up to a hundred, 200,000 monthly listeners within a 28 day period and then down to a thousand. Yeah. That can happen, right? If there's no regular fan base for that artist, that means there was a promotion that was happening, which is good. Mm -hmm. And they've got some exposure, but they don't. So I would be looking at that. And then followers is going to be telling too. Mm -hmm. Again, my point in telling you, like, don't worry about the followers is like, they'll come like, they'll come as people get turned on to you as fans, Mm -hmm. but don't make that the focus to increase the followers because that's going to be a metric to help you, the songwriter, decide how many fans this artist maybe has. Mm-hmm. But and now, like the bigger that number is, now that you know how hard it is to come by those, right? Yeah, that's impressive. Then yeah, it it has more weight, mm-hmm. but it's not something that you should be chasing. Chase the content, the release strategy, the monthly listeners, mm-hmm. the and then how are you supporting? the traffic on Spotify. Like what else can you do to get in front of that person that's listening mm-hmm. to your music now and with video content, with your face, with your brand, with your, you know, how can you connect those dots and be in multiple places at the same time? Right. Yeah. So that's the way that I would look at that for sure. Cool. Well, let's tee that up also for like a whole episode. We can dive more into that stuff and, and really pull that out. I think that might be interesting yeah. on like how to, yeah. How to decide what indie artist you should write with. Yeah, there you go. I like that. And that's that's good. Who's an up and comer and who's not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where where should you invest? I got, yeah, that's actually a good episode because I got some opinions on, I know you on do. both sides of mm-hmm. the aisle on that, so to speak. The the business aisle and the artist aisle. Yeah. So anyway, hey guys, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Come out to the first Climb Show Music Business Podcast Writer's Night Takeover on October 23rd. It's a Monday from 6 to 11. The the round start at 7. And come early, hang out, make some relationships, get to know some people. These are all our friends, guys. We're going to introduce you to everybody. And they're all good people. So it's a it's a great place to make some relationships and that's what it's all about and get some new climbers you're gonna find some people in your class mm-hmm. or maybe one class above you right that yep. you can that's a room you can get into that's right and learn from so there's some just some really good strategizing in terms of your network and your net worth when it comes to this so that's right so make make the play come on out and then if you want to understand better about traffic download my free pdf he whomever owns the traffic rules the road that's a gift from johnny.com j-o-h-n-n-y gift from johnny.com absolutely free just tell us where to send it guys and this is going to help you sort of untie the knot that you've had your whole life we've all had about how broadcast works You're used to just your intuition, I promise you, is built on broadcast. Mm -hmm. And you need to untie that knot and realize that you need to be developing an intuition about how digital platforms work and how they're consumed. So that's it, guys. This podcast is this because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.